Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we love to answer them. I am joined as always by my beautiful friend and co-host, physical therapist extraordinaire, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. Yay. Let's get going. Okay. Growing into Rose asks, can you please talk about flexibility of tissues based on the nervous system versus actual range of motion? Yeah, we definitely get this, you know, a lot of questions about this, especially from our population of hypermobile um, yogis and practitioners and followers. Um, and there is a distinct difference uh, between having an, an inflexibility due to tone versus an inflexibility due to muscle length. Uh, where we see this, uh, a dramatic example of it would be in a neurological population, just just to give you an idea of what is tone. Most people don't understand the word tone. I know I didn't until I went through PT school. But if you've ever seen someone, or maybe you've known someone or a family member who's had a stroke and suddenly they their arm, let's say, is pulled up, flexed at the elbow, flexed at the wrist, and they carry it in that position. And you've maybe wondered why. Well, that is tone. That is neurologically induced tone. And so it is not that they have, now they might develop a shortened muscle length as a result of it, but the brain is misfiring secondary to a, uh, a stroke, which is basically a, like a roadblock, a blood clot, many different types of strokes or many different causes for strokes, but it causes a disruption of the brain to the muscle. And so the muscle becomes faulty and, and firing. And so it will seize up. And it's an interesting issue where you will go to try to straighten it and it's very resistant and it comes right back. 
that's an extreme, just to give you an idea of what tone is, that is an extreme example. We will see flex, they're called synergies, flexor synergies, extensor synergies, you know, this, um, this example of brain tone. And so what we will find with people who say are hypermobile, who feel tight, the body will also create tone in response to feelings of safety issues or, you know, fight or flight. Think about that. Think about when you've been in an instance where you feel anxious and your body tenses. That's tone that's created by anxiety or by a safe, a fear, you know, a fear. And so people who are hypermobile, because of that instability of the joint, a lot of times there's a natural fear of that the body feels of dislocation of, of going past because it's very uncomfortable. I remember when I was in PT school and I have hypermobile shoulders and everybody knew that. And so we were all trying shoulder mobilizations and I was the dummy dummy, meaning like the Guinea pig, because everybody could really mobilize my, my, the, the head of my humerus right out of the socket. I may, I'm really good at relaxing, but it, the feeling that it gave me was, it was fear. It was, I started sweating. I felt like I was going to vomit because I knew that was unsafe. And tone is another example of that. So people will oftentimes feel tight because their muscles are on tone trying to protect, whether it's a joint, whether it's, we'll see it with after surgery, there's tone because the body's trying to protect, you know, almost self-cast. Versus somebody who is just, we all know them. We all have family members. We see our moms, our dads who just are tight, who have never stretched. We see it a lot in adolescence where the bones grow quicker than the muscles stretch. And we all of a sudden er, can't remember the old sit and reach test in gym class. That, that's not tone. That's pure flexibility deficit. Same thing can happen with a joint where you'll get joint stiffness that is ligamentous in nature, meaning the capsule closes down, but it's not related to tone. Laura, you've got way more experience with this, with your neurological background. Why don't you fill in any gaps I left? Well, I mean, I think you covered it so well. I would just, I think she's also kind of referencing something that I've mentioned before, which is, you know, if you think about somebody who runs all the time, and is in this like very flexed, contracted, inflexible state. But then that person might need knee surgery and they go under anesthesia and the doctor could just take their leg and move it, right? All of a sudden, if they had never gotten to like 90 degrees for hamstring flexibility, if they were under anesthesia, you could just like crank it around because those guardrails are down, right? You, you've, you've, you under anesthesia, the nervous system isn't firing that those signals. So some of it is a combination where it's you have moved or sat or whatever it is in positions that you become more molded to. And so that's the the tissue is becoming shortened and it stays short and the fascia surrounding it has become much more uh, restricted, not as fluid in most. So you hit that end range quicker and the re- nervous system responds to the feelings of that because there's all these 
receptors, Golgi receptors, and different kind of muscle reflexes that are all part of the nervous system. And they all are there ultimately, like Kristen was saying, to protect us. So if that's like a known area that you haven't ventured into, that runner who never stretches and then like bends over and feels incredible tightness of that inflexibility, that is a combination of all of the above. It's a combination of you haven't moved your joints, you haven't moved, you haven't pulled those tissues to their fullest length. The tissues might even feel like actually feel like they're kind of stuck because the fascia hasn't been fluidly gliding over it. And then the brain, the nervous system responds to that by like, this is the area that I am familiar with. And you going beyond that is is uncomfortable. So it's like you're getting lot, you're getting soaked with information like you're not going anywhere, right? And there are ways we use them in PT that you can kind of move a little bit with that. You can try some um, active, what we call like active stretch um, and then relaxation where you really create some tone and then try and like relax. And that gives that nervous system this little medium of pause where it's not firing out. So if somebody's stretching and they stretch with that tone and then they just relax and they try and pull a little bit more, uh, there can be a, a nice response to that. So you can kind of play around with the nervous system, but it's all integrated. And to Kristen's point, you know, if you have like a stroke or some something where there has been faulty wiring created because of that, um, that's such this, that's a dramatic example of it, that hypertonicity of a, a stroke patient's arm or, and what do those people do? Well, we can do some work with it, but a lot of times they'll have to do some kind of injection to actually like a Botox, for example, that that's where Botox was originally created way before it was created for our face. It was created for these hypertonic people to relax the muscle belly from constantly being stimulated to fire because of that, like whether it's just the faulty wiring thing. So I think the bottom line is if you're somebody who feels like you are super stiff and nothing changes, that might be your nervous system's, you know, starting place. It doesn't mean it can't change, but you're going to have to really work on all the things, work on mobilizing the joint, work on breathing to relax that fight or flight response to when you get to that in range, you're going to guard because it doesn't know. This is like foreign terrain, you know? So it's like you have to ease into it. And I think so many people just get frustrated. They're just like, I'm never going to be flexible. I'm never going to be able to straighten my leg. I'm not. And maybe not, but you could probably do a lot more than you are now if you are committed to making those small changes. And I always say it's like, communicating and working with yourself, not against yourself. So that's where comparing yourself to somebody else is just a bad idea because everybody in history is different. Every nervous system is different. There are people who have that more tendency to be floppy, you know, floppy. They were, they might've been floppy as babies and then they just became floppier. And in the yoga world, they look like they're super flexible, but they're actually kind of just floppy in their nervous system. They need to rein it in and to give their joint integrity um, more feedback. So everybody's different, but don't think you can't change it because you can, but you have to work with your nervous system to do it. Yeah. 
Great question, though. So you don't have to just rely on going under anesthesia. <laughs> okay, this is a uh, this is this is from uh, I will not be able to say his name, but I'm going to try or hort her name. Guborg Andres Andreas Doter. <laughs> okay, he wrote wrote writing us question for Q and A. For 18 months, I've been bothered what I what I originally thought was yoga, but now think is something else. I feel the pain in the medial part, that's the middle part of the back of my upper thigh, just around uh, or under the sit bone. Deet, deet, deet. And a sensation that is hard to place in a deep medial part of my left buttock. First noticed the pain slowly when I started to run a bit on the side of my, uh, um, in addition to my regular yoga practice, but got a lot worse after doing 108 sun salutation New Year's Day 2021. I took a break from both yoga and running for a while, four to six weeks of yoga off and not started running again. I've tried a few times during the last year, but it turns the pace up or if I turn the pace up or run up a hill, it aggravates this immediately. Then again, I took a long break from yoga now since January due to an operation on my shoulder and I'm slowly beginning again and I can feel that it seems to agitate my pain again. It never went away completely, but it is increasing again. I've been spinning, walking a lot during my break from yoga as it was almost the only exercise that did not bother my shoulder, and this has not irritated the condition. I've seen two physios. One gave me shock waves on the sit bone four times or so. He saw ossifications in the tendon of the biceps from Morris, and the other just gave all-around strengthening exercises of the lower body, but no diagnosis. Didn't really help. Stopped after three months of doing what she told me. I followed an online physio training advice for hamstring tendinopathy for around six months with a lot of bridge work with the feet elevated and so on with some relief. It's gotten slightly better during the last year, but far from being normal. I'm hoping that the clever girls that you are, that you will recognize the problem and give me good advice to start with. I feel it the most when I do half moon. Yep, of course. Uh, So much more pain with the hip open than if I just do like a warrior three, but I can't figure out if it's some of the small external rotators of the hip or the adductors of the leg that are bothered. I find it quite a lot in forward folds or other positions where I've been from the hip over a straight leg. Quite flexible overall, not so much in the hips as other joints. It goes without saying I've been laying off going deep in any of the positions that irritate. I hope I gave you something to work with. You absolutely did. You gave a lot to work with, um, but there was some, there was some real signature things you said in here uh, that and he and also wrote just to clarify the pain is much worse in warrior 3 than in half moon okay so opening the hip relieves some of the pressure well this is clearly a proximal hamstring tendinopathy and the i'll give you the bad news first it is it is just a pain in the ass it takes forever to not feel it so the fact that you're feeling it less is really good and the fact that you're doing that work that the physio was uh, that you found online specific for hamstring tendinopathy is great because that means you you found some relief. But those one-legged things are going to be a nemesis for a while. It's just all the load on one leg, and your natural kind of habits and brain mapping are still there. And my gut would say. In warrior three, since you're saying that hurts worse, you're probably tipping in the pelvis. So if you tip in the pelvis, the sit bone is going up higher 
and the pull on that hamstring is greater. And then when you externally rotate, the sit bone comes back down. It's not going to pull as much, but it still is probably troubling because it's a one-legged thing. So in bent, in uh, warrior three, bend your knee. It sounds like you're trying to do more classical vinyasa, uh, which is, you know, that's your choice. But I think seated forward folds should be absolutely off the table. This is what you are doing is continuing to whittle away at that area and irritate it. It's like there's no really good way of doing a seated forward fold. I, I, I'm going to say that there's no good way of doing a seated forward fold if you have a proximal hamstring tendinopathy. I don't do them anyway. I don't teach them. And it's not that I couldn't do them. It's that you're going to get much more strength and much more nervous system response by having your feet weighted. So if you're going to do any kind of forward folds, it should absolutely be with your feet on the ground. And you have to clearly be flexing at your hips as opposed to anteriorly tilting your pelvis, which will, like I said in Warrior 3, it's going to pull that sit bone up and it's going to, it's the top end of that tendon. It's holding on to that sit bone and it is not happy. You cannot load it yet. You have to strengthen the surrounding stuff. You have to strengthen your glutes. You have to strengthen your core. You have to mobilize your hips. You said your hips aren't mobile. That was a very, that was another big like beep. You're flexible in a lot of places, but not your hips. Those, you're a classic example of yoga people who look like they're flexible, but they aren't flexible in the places they need to be, which is they're tipping in their pelvis and they're not actually moving a lot in the hips to do that. So you're creating a lot of strain on that on the surround on the right at the fulcrum, which is the, the hamstring tendon across the pelvis into the low back. Uh, and I don't know what happened to your shoulder, but if that mechanic is there, you are not also creating a strong core engagement that goes up into your shoulder. So this will help your shoulder as well. You've got to tighten everything into your core and mobilize your hips. You have to strengthen your glutes. Bridge is great. You got to keep with that one-legged bridge, get your feet off the wall and get the feet on the ground, put one foot on a block and isolate it and, and, and maybe even pick up the other foot or just have them a little asymmetrical. You have to keep your pelvis neutral when you're doing bridge. That's probably why you had your feet on the wall. It's a great start because it's very hard to anteriorly tilt when your feet are up, but you also got to try it on the ground because that's going to translate into your standing stuff more than with the feet on the wall because you have to learn how to hold your pelvis neutral. And I'm going to sell our stuff because this is everything we talk about. If you haven't been on Lit Daily, get on Lit Daily. That is going to be the yoga that will save you and you will enjoy yoga again. Because we all we talk about, neutral pelvis. We do not do seated forward folds. We strengthen your glutes. We strengthen your entire core matrix, which is everything from the bottom of the pelvis all the way up to the outer shoulders. I could say a lot more, but I think, you know, that's what I'm, you know, go and do our, the Lit Daily. You know, go to the postural series. Uh, Kristen has a sciatic series. You don't have sciatica, but sciatica is, is highly related to weak glutes moving the pelvis in when it's supposed to be neutral and not mobilizing the hips well. So there's a lot of, you know, even if your diagnosis is different, there's a lot of simil similarities. We have so many classes on there that can help you, my friend. So let us know. 
Kristen, did I miss anything? No, no. I mean, I'm I was pretty time. robust. Yeah. I was just nodding my head because, you know, I mean, and let me just say, please, for the love of God, stop doing a, not you. I know he's never going to do that. Oh, 108. So, uh, 108 that was the other thing. I was like, please, sun, sun, everybody stop that. That is just, just stop. Just stop. I'd Nobody. rather you run 10 miles than do sun salut- 108 sun salutations because running, you know, you might get sore. You're probably, you, you, but, but sun salutations, you could really injure yourself mm-hmm. that many times being so systematic at keeping your humeral heads aligned, at using your core, at keeping your pelvis neutral. At really, it, it is challenging. And nobody... Nobody should be doing that. Nor, and few people have the strength. Few people have the endurance. I, I would hurt myself, and I practice yoga every single day, multiple times a day, oftentimes, because it's just too repetitive. And so, unfortunately for our friend, you know, his hamstrings were to you know taking the brunt. So everything Laura said: strengthen your glutes, mobilize your hips, look at the tilt of your pelvis. Anytime that thing anteriorly tilts, you're pulling on your hamstrings. Um, you know, how can you, and, and look at the, look at it off your mat too. You know, look at it when you're climbing hills. I mean, everything, all those instances where you are pulling on that, where you're extending that leg forward and the hamstring is getting lengthened, you know, really examine what is my pelvis doing at this moment? And, you know, and that's not just tipping anterior and posterior. It can be you know, am I just wobbly? You know, and that's where the core comes in, you know? So what can you do to minimize strain across that origin of the hamstring? Because they can tear off. I, I, you know, I have started to see more and more people getting their hamstring is 25%, 50%, 75% avulsed from the ischium and they have been reattaching that. So, you know, just like they do the rotator cuff. When the, you know, when people tear their rotator cuff, they anchor it back down. They're doing that now to hamstrings because it is so much more common. And it's, it's and, and where is it happening? Dance yoga. and yoga. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. Um, it's, you, you're just not, you're not going to see runners. That's not going to happen with them. It's the people who are having these big ranges of motion, like dancers, like runners, like a rock climber or something. So uh, it is. And, and that calcification will be the first stage, but the calcification is not keeping it strong. Mm-hmm. So you really have to bring in the other players and not pull on it. I can't emphasize, this is why we talk about neutral pelvis so much. When you anterior tilt the pelvis and then fo- forward fold, you are pulling at it at the, it's, it's, it's getting too much. That's not where you want to be pulling on your hamstring. Um, and the really calcification is an indication of your body is laying down bone, holding on for dear life. That is your yeah. body is trying so hard not to rip away. So mm-hmm. when you see that in a tendon, that is your sign that there's too much tension on it. We see it in Achilles. We see it in, um, you know, up in the rotator cuff. We, we, we see it a lot of places in the, in the elbow with certain overuse activities. So that is your yeah. body's sign to stop stop pulling up. Yeah. And the other thing that about lid is we move in so many planes that, uh, traditional yoga, it's a lot of this sagittal plane. It's a lot of pulling on the hamstring. We do a lot of things where we're moving and we require the glutes in a different way. And, and we need those kind of, uh, the fibers of the glutes. So the fibers of the hamstring are like on the sagittal plane. So when you are only sagittal plane, 
you are pulling on it. You are pulling on it. You are pulling on it. You have got to move in a variety of ways. So you recruit the gluteals that overlay that area and that pull in a different way that is not straining in that sagittal way. So please stop the forward folds on the ground for sure. Go take Lit Daily. And for anybody who's not a Lit subscriber, go and take it. We have a two-week, we have two weeks free. We have a wonderful new launch pad that um, we are just now, by the time this airs, it should be up and ready. And that is to shepherd you onto the site to really guide you. Uh, and we educate you. There's six launch pad videos that are just about the why. We talk about mobility, we talk about the neutral pelvis triple S. Why do we talk about this? There is a reason and it matters because we want to be moving for decades. We want to be moving well. We don't want to have these musculotendinous injuries. We don't want to have joints that are becoming less mobile because we will compensate somewhere else. And all that imbalance leads to uh, maybe not even injury, but you're not going to be able to do all the things you want to do in life. And we want to be able to do that for decades. So check it out. Lit Daily. Go get it. Heck yeah. All right, everybody, as always, we love hearing from you. This came from uh, one of the emails. You can email us at support at lityoga.com. You can also direct message me on Instagram at lara.hyman. And you can or, direct message me at kbwilliams99. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. And we are pulling for you as always. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.